Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show sponsored by Unibet. This is the Cheltenham Festival Day 2 preview. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Holding, Ed Quigley and Danny Archer as we look ahead to the Wednesday's racing. Um, thank you very much to Unibet as ever for sponsoring this. If you aren't a Unibet customer, click on the link below uh, for a sign-up offer. Deposit £10, money back up to £40 if your first racing bet loses, plus a £10 casino bonus as well. T's and C's to apply. As I say, you can find the link in the description below. Um, we've already done our day one preview, so if you're watching this before the Tuesday's racing, press pause, go back and watch that. We exchanged some pleasantries at the beginning of that one. We spoke about the weather and the rest of it, so we're going to stop. We've been here already. We're not going to bother doing that again. We're going to get straight into the racing, and we're going to go through the card on Wednesday in chronological order, starting with the Ballymore Novices Hurdle, where Impair A Pass is the two-to-one favourite. Uh, a sea of blue on Odds Checker as well this morning. Uh, Herm. Elmez Allen is the uh, 11 to 4 second favourite. Gaelic Warrior 4 to 1. Goodland is 4 to 1. Fasal Vega, who will not, we don't anticipate, be running here. 6 to 1, 7 to 1, bar those. Um, yeah, Andy, you've got the novice hurdle record is, is pretty strong. Uh, we had a strong selection for the Supreme. Mm -hmm. What have you got for us here? Um, well, I'm trying to block out all the noise about Impera Pass. Um, I think if you listen to all the good Irish judges and all the previews over the other side of the Irish Sea. This has only got to go down and come back. Um, there's going to be a huge amount of um, support for it if there not, not already is. It could go off ridiculously short. Um, again, being a, like I say, time man, I've just got to focus my attention on what he's actually achieved on the clock so far. Mm. And that's not to say that he obviously can't run to a better level than what he has done already, but he just hasn't done the kind of numbers that some of the horses that are bigger than him in the market and in around him in the market have done yet so like I say I've just got to back off the hype and, and stick to my guns and, and go with the ones that have already proven themselves in, in good strongly run races already and he hasn't um, I think Gaelic Warrior is very much a, uh, an interesting runner in, in every, asset, every essence because um, I think the only price he wasn't quoted for about two or three weeks ago, was to win Sports Personality of the Year. <laughs> he literally was in every single market. Um, and I think they've finally fallen down on the right race for him. Yeah. I think he wants to step up. His time figure and his sectionals in particular didn't stack up as well as the other races on the card when he ran at the DRF. It suggested he was the, the slowest of the two milers, um, even though he won that handicap in impressive fashion. So I think going up to two and a half miles or so, I certainly buy into the fact that he does have a bit of a default position, jumps out to his right, although that was ironed out to a degree up until the last hurdle. He, did he jumped it, better. He jumped he? really he jumped really nicely. I watched his round of jumping again this morning. It was really good up until the last. So I think he, if he does go out to the right, he'll go out to the right again at the last if he's there. But at least there's a rail on his right-hand side for him to run up straight after he jumped the last. It's mm. not like he's he, he, he hangs to his left and he'll do a run for free and go the other way across the other side of the track. I think that would be a worry. Um, so I think Gaelic Warriors are probably a bigger player than his, his odds um, suggest. I think in the pockets, an interesting runner as well. I think he'll be suited to step up in trip. He obviously got outpaced behind Elete Tomp in the Grade One over two miles at the DRF. Uh, but he, prior to that, beaten a very strong stayer, um, three-card brag in the Navan Novices Hurdle um, over two and a half. And I think that form line gives him a chance. You could throw in, you know. 
and numerous others with a, with a squeak. I'd be against Hermes Allen based on several facts. I don't think he's beaten anything yet. The horse of Twiston Davises that he beat at the Cheltenham meeting got lapped by Goodland at um, Leopardstown. You could, you, if, it depends on which form lines you want to go on with the Challer yeah. Hurdle. Yeah. Passing well, got you know battered at Haydock. He was fourth. The second's run well since. Marble Sands won. Thomas Moore has won. Mm. It, it all depends, like I say, which way which way you want to go with that. But the damning stat is that all twenty Challer Hurdle winners this century have all got beat. You know, stage well, star. It's an argument to run him in the Albert Bartlett here. I, th- I think that probably be the race for it because the Albert Bartlett horses that have run in, run well or won the Challenge have done better. Paul Nichols saying Albert Bartlett not a race he likes, chaser for the future, don't want to overcook him, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah. That but I gather, but he would be uh, be incredibly short price in the Albert Bartlett. Wouldn't Absolutely, he? yeah. But I mean, you, you know, stage star, Brayman's game champ, Parlor Games, Taekwondo Soy, Fingal Bay, Rev de Savola, Diamond Harry, Denman. These are the horses mm. that won the Challenge. They've got beat. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to tell me that Hermes Allen is a better horse than Denman. <laughs> um, and I think this race is a stronger race yeah. uh, than we've seen for quite a while. And I think it'll go to the Irish. So I've backed, already backed Gaelic Warrior. And when Nick can all beat Denman, let, let me down for four figures at the time. <laughs> I can imagine it did, yeah. I was going to wipe the student loan out totally. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah. Bitter, anyway, memory, bitter memories, bitter memories. Yeah, yeah and I, I think in the pocket will be... Lucky having student loans only four figures. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, inflation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Showing my grey hairs. A bit, uh, yeah, and um, obviously you were out of pocket, so in the yeah. pocket yeah. Uh, would be my each-way choice uh, closest to the time if firms go for... Uh, places on the day if there's enough runners. In the pocket, 12 to 1 yep. um, as it stands now. Um, Ed, where do you see the, the Ballymore? Can't make head or tail of this, to be honest with you. Uh, I, what I would say is I would be running a pair on pass in the Supreme. Uh, I'd love a match better pair on pass against Fasal Vega because I'd be all in the wheelbarrow on the, the double green. Um, the, the Bosco Fly has traditionally been a springboard to this race mm. for Willie Mullins. I think he's run five of his last six Supreme winners or some crackers record in the Supreme from the Moscow Flyer. Whatever reason they're going this route. Now I thought he coped with the drop back in trip fine last time out. I'm going to leave it to the day and play prices. The one who just seems to be a little bit forgotten about and is drifting after he was well backed is good land. Yeah. Well, I thought um, they ran him over that kind of niche trip, didn't they? In Nathaniel Lacey of two miles six. And he was pretty keen early doors, but he cruised through the field like a good horse. I think he'd be suited to the demands of this race, kind of switched off off a strong pace. But uh, I'm going to play prices at the last minute, to be honest with you. If it, good land went out to six or seven to one, I'd probably back him each way. But uh, I'm not going to lie to you, I've got no strong views on this contest. No strong views for Ed. Danny, have you got anything for us? Uh, Irish Train has won this race 11 times since 2008. You know me, I love these stats. Yeah, yeah, William Mullins has trained five of them, <laughs> yeah. including Faheen and Sagarhard. Interesting what uh, Ed says there about um, the Moscow Flyer, because I think Mikel Dagonet is the last one to win the Moscow Flyer mm-hmm. en route to Ballymore Glory. Um, the only concern, I suppose, for Impar a pass backers, no horse, no five-year-old has won this since 2013. But I think stamina-wise, he was seeing out the trip well over two mile three uh, when he won at Nace on his Irish debut. Uh, <laughs> so I, well, slowly he's run. the hype. Well, it was. Well, so he's he's the hype run. horse. It's whether you want to get on the hype. I'd probably be with Andy at a price within the pocket. Um, free car brag badly needs three miles and he got uh, outpaced on the on the run for home at Navin. But I still like the performance and then there was no crabbing the effort behind Ilete Tomp last time out. is a horse that I think needs this trip and would be one um, to know. The only thing with Hermes Allen building on that as well, Nichols is not from 20 in the race. I mean, all, everything is pointing against Hermes Allen. So um, let's see. The only other one very quickly is Champ Kylie because he won the Lawlers of Nace. 
Um, and Envoy Alain and Bob Ollinger, both on the Lawlers of Nace, en route to this. Um, and he was fourth to Marine Nationale in the Royal Bond. So maybe he can improve, but uh, I'd probably be with in the pocket. But I wouldn't be so. I'd, I'd like to see Impari pass win if they really believe he is this hype. Interesting stuff. Yeah, in the pocket there. Um, probably the one to side with from both Andy and from Danny. <clears throat> 12 to 1, uh, that is, with Unibet, the each way play. Um, William Mullins come, comes into this one with a, a few chances, as you say, with a magnificent record in the race. Uh, onto the Brown Advisory now, the, the novice chase, and um, we're going to have a bit of a fight between our panel here, um, with two of the best bets coming in the race against each other. Uh, Joey Colom is the 7-4 to four favourite. Uh, Mighty Potter, still in the race at the moment, uh, 130, but we expect to come out fairly soon. Uh, the Real Wacker is 9-2, to two. Uh, so Gerhard 5-1. to one. Uh, Time Hill's also 9-2. Um, then, yeah, Gaia de Mesnil, who we expect to run on day one in there too. Uh, these fields will obviously cut up a fair bit. Um, but long shot Ted, <laughs> no longer. Jerry Colomb, the Got best change, Yeah, changed yeah. my Twitter handle, haven't I, really? Yeah, that's all, uh, all gone up in smoke. Blue tip. Oh, I might lose everything if uh, if he doesn't win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jerry Colomb, I think he's more or less, I would say, bomb-proof. No, no horse ever is it at Cheltenham. But, again, this is going to be um, vinyl selling at six runners. I don't think he's got a great deal to be here. I, I mean, the horse has never lost a race. And I, I I was really impressed with his run at Sandown last time out on, you know, all the fears beforehand with the ground was going to be too quick for him. You know, a lot of the jockeys saying it was dead. It was just on the slow side of, of good, a bit of good to soft. And uh, he looked a bit tap for toe, but I thought for a big, gangly, ungainly sort, he jumped really well around Sandown. I thought that was really encouraging on a track that I don't think would have played to his strengths. And when he was needed to go through the gears and, kind of find that turbo he did up the hill. He's going to thrive over three miles and fences. It's going to be a small field. He's going to get a good sighter. Uh, by all accounts, he's, I can't imagine he's going to get quicker ground than he got at Sandown and he coped with that fine. He's going to prove for this, this proper test of stamina here. And I just, I'm struggling to find many flaws in him, to be honest with you. Uh, you go through the rest of the field, I said, I think there's only real kind of on paper three creditable rivals. So the real whacker, uh, Andy will come on to in a minute. I just wonder if, you know, the collateral form through Mon Morale does have quite a bit to find uh, with Jerry Colomb. For all that, he is a good jumper. Um, Time Hill is admirable, but I just wonder if, it, you know, I don't want to call him a nearly horse. I think that's unfair to him because he's been a brilliant servant to connections. But I just wonder whether he's going to find one too good again on the day. So Gerhard is the massive joker in the pack here because on hurdle, peak hurdle form, you know, you'd be giving... Twenty pounds to Jerry Colom. He'd be yeah. giving nine stones to the real backer. You know what I'm saying? He's a two-time Grey One winner at the Chantler Festival. But the amazing, you're, you're the you're the stat man. I'm probably going to go. steal this out of your nineteen thousand. I've got one on him. Right, um, Willie Mullins has never in his training history sent a horse to the Brown Advisory on the start of one chase run. Really? Yeah, that is um, that is a stat. So it's a almost a bizarre preparation. For um for Sagerhard to come to now I think in in part that wasn't by design because he had a setback at the start of the season so they've had to kind of make up time but uh not I mean look on raw ability he is the probably the best horse on in the race but I couldn't be having him at nine to two on the count of just one chase start in essentially a two runner race and um yeah I, I just think this is an open door for Jerry Colom he's my idea of next year's Gold Cup winner I think he jumps he stays. He's more versatile in regards to ground than perhaps uh, people have given him credit for and proved that to a large extent last time out. I think he'll thrive over three miles. Yep, I've, I've taken my uh, long shot goggles off for this one, George. The um, the Faverbacker uh, goggles have come on. And yeah, Jerry Colomb, my best bet on the Wednesday. As unoriginal as it is, I'd be disappointed if he was uh, turned over. 
Seven to four, Jerry Colomb, uh, but taking him on is... He could start a lot shorter now as well, yeah. to this goes a five-runner race. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked, you know, the wave of Irish money if uh, they've been mopping up over the first day and a pair on pass has just routed everyone. Um, you know, you could easily see him going in the uh, in, in the day two multiple. And if he was going off uh, 11 to eight, six to five, something like that, it wouldn't wouldn't shock me. Uh, but taking on... Um... Jerry Colom is the real whacker, who Andy is your selection for your best bet on the day. Mm. You, know, <clears> you look at the field here, it's you know, it's Gordon Elliott, it's Willie Mullins, as you'd expect, Philip Hobbs, of course, with Time Hill, Patrick Neville with with a possible one that's that's creeping under the radar. Yeah, um again, similar to to um to Ed, I I think Jerry Colom will start shorter. Also I think the real whacker will start shorter because there is only going to be five, six, seven runners, et cetera, et cetera. Um Lots of stats here that suggest you can even whittle it down further than that, which again I think adds more weight to the to, to the fancies of Jerry Colomb and the Wheel Wacker. I think the win will come for one of those two. Um, all bar Don Poli, uh, the last um, bunch of winners was aged between seven or eight, um, which rules out Time Hill. Um, the last 22 Quarto Star winners have all got beat here as well, which rules out Time Hill on that. And he only beat them mm. fabulous for goodness sake. Um, so I, I don't fancy Time Hill, so that's him out of the way. But the one important stat which I think tips the balance in the real Wacker's favour is 10 of the last winners have run at Cheltenham. And Jerry Colomb yeah, has got to run at Cheltenham. He's, he's never, yeah, he's, and he's, I just, he's the best jump in the race. And that, I think that counts for a hell of a lot when you're dealing with fine margins in these grade ones. Something that can jump well, save ground that the fences have, breathers around the tight bends, because it's the inside track rather than the long track, the, uh, the old course, the, um, uh, the new course, sorry. Um, and it, he's just been pinpoint accurate on, the, on his two rounds at Cheltenham. He's won on both tracks. His time figure when he won the Dipper was exceptionally good. Now, you could look at it and think, well, Mon Morale loose the form down, which Ed's used as a, as a stick to beat him mm -hmm. with. But if you look at Thunder Rock, who was further behind that day, he got relatively close to Jerry Colomb. And I think Thunder Rock's a really good benchmark because I don't think Mon Morale ran his race that day at Sandown. He was very easy to back. There was something not right about Monreal that day. Um, whereas uh, um, I think Thunder Rock, um, to my eyes anyway, ran his race. I actually think Thunder Rock could easily finish in the frame here. If you're looking for a, a bet now, as we're speaking, in the eventuality of there being less mm. than eight runners, I think Thunder Rock at 14s for whatever he is, mm. three places is not a bad bit of business because I think he could easily... If, yeah, I think he's saying the 50-50 whether he waits for entry or not. I think that's probably the reason. That's factored into the price, I yeah. imagine. That the, uh... But he stays really well. He's looked as though he really needs three miles does, on his last yeah. two runs. Outpacing the Dipper ran on. Outpacing the Silly R's ran on. Sagar Hard again, agree. I think one run in a three-runner race at Gowan's not enough evidence with him. Certainly massive risk if you're backing him at four to one. Goodness me. Yeah. You've got real whacker who's run too fast at times. And has ridden around Cheltenham twice, and he's nine to two. Um, so, totally respect Jerry Clon. When he won the Silly Oz, I thought, wow, that's a good horse. You just knew that you'd seen a good horse that day. Mm. And I'm not knocking him in anyway. I don't want to take on Jerry Colomb by like laying him, but at the prices, you know, real whacker at nine to two. I think you'll get a great spin out of that. Yeah, real whacker nine to two. Uh, they're currently third favourite, but of course, Mighty Potter to come out amongst many, many others, and you're getting a fifth of three at this time. You think. Hopefully, a beat an each way bet too. Well, you're certainly going to have a good part of the place part of you back each way. And, and well, luckily, it's non running out bet because there's, there's <laughs> half a chance that connections might rather crazily go down the Gold Cup route, which 
mathematically doesn't make sense. You're second favourite to win the Brown Advisory in a small field when you're going to get an uncontested lead. And you're, not, you're second favourite. You're going to run in the Gold Cup with about 15 front runners in and you're 50 <laughs> to 1. I mean, just, I mean come on. It's yeah. just, you know, you've got to play the percentages, haven't you? Danny? I'm happy to let Holding versus Quigley dust up happen, really. Um, I'd probably just side with... with Wrong very... weight divisions, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Jake, Jake Paul and uh, yeah. Tommy Fury. Fury. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do as many clicks on paper. Who's, the, who's the pro and who's the YouTuber? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the pro. He's yeah, got yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, I'd probably be with Jake Colom just. I think, obviously, as Ed has, Ed has made the case over the, the inadequate trip last time out, and the ground is the only thing I was worried about. But if you read a few previews, I think... Dennis O'Regan rides his horse lot at home and he's not as concerned about the ground as a lot of people it's, it's are. He was in a novice hurdle last season, was it in Nace it may have been, and it was officially good, good to yielding in places and he was jarred up afterwards. So I think that set the alarm. And that's why he missed the Chantal Festival last year. Yeah. So I think straight away it was kind of knee-jerk. Ah, keep him away from good. Mm -hmm. may just been a total coincidence. So at least that Sandown ground was officially pretty much the quickest he'd run on over fences and... Well, he coped with it fine, didn't he? Yeah. And Time Hill was boosted by the cheap pieces last time. Maybe he helped him focus a bit more, but I think Andy's stat kind of rules him out, really. And Michal Nolan, it's a big ride for Michal Nolan now. Yeah, Tom O'Brien is out. Yeah. Um, and Sagerhard, yeah, just off that one run. The only thing I was going to ask Andy, I mean, trained by Patrick Neville, if he was trained by Willie Mullins, would the real whacker be a much shorter price? Uh, well, obviously, it, yes, yeah, that's what I mean. Be. The, tra the <laughs> trainer is involved in the price. Yeah, I, I, I think... I think bookmakers are fairly respectful of the wheel whacker. I think we're, you know, we're we're, we're thinking. He's, I'm thinking he's, he should be shorter based on more evidence and him just being with a small trainer. You know, he's won a grade two. He's won a grade two around Cheltenham. I mean, he hasn't been, you know, been doing it around Catrick and Mickey Mouse, mm -hmm. like Mickey Mouse races, races uh, you know, uh, away from Grade One track. So, uh, but yeah, he would be. Yeah, if he was a Mullins horse, of course, yeah, he'd be. You can't. You couldn't put a price on it, really. Be very close. To, be almost mm. close to favourite. Um, nine to two as it stands. Um, on to the Coral Cup now. This is one of the races where Unibet are paying extra places, uh, extra places for the Coral Cup and the Grand Annual on day two, amongst others across the week. Uh, so keep an eye on those extra places. Coral Cup here. We've got um, Camprond is the thirteen to two favourite ahead of Run for Oscar and Hot on Color, who are both seven to one. HMSC Horse eight to one. Langadan, uh, eight to one, uh, sorry, ten to one, just ahead of uh, Winter Fog and Three Car Brag, both nine to one. Uh, Brandy Love in there still at, at ten to one, but you know, as we say, these fields will cut up as we get closer to uh, Wednesday. Um, didn't have a selection for us in the last Danny, so I'm going to come to you first here. I fancy one at a big price. Yeah, I think see, there's two um, that I would be with. I, Cam Prond is laid out for this race again, isn't he? Um, but you know he's well fancy for it. He's off a two pound lower mark here, and the ground was has been against him the first two starts this term before it all ha happened too quickly for him uh, over a sharp two miles at Musselburgh. So I, you can understand why people have latched onto him. I'm with Beacon Edge, mm. Noel Mead. Um, that's the one I'm a sea of blue and I'll check. Big into here. It is a sea of is blue. Is that you? I think because well I'm on at twenties, but I think yes. Noel talked it up in the week as 14 well. Fourteen to one. Um, but he hinted at a revival when third in the Boyne Hurdle last time out. And if connections have got him anywhere near to his best, he'd be a player. He's off 147 here. He's got a career high mark of 158. He's run in stayers hurdles. He's run in big races over fences. I think so. He was never as good over fe no. fences, I thought. But um, that was a revival. So probably him. And I wouldn't rule out the, the Paul Nolan horse, HMSC horse. Mm. I know he's a bit young, but 
he's he's probably the other one. So HMS Seahorse, but my, my main fancy is Beacon Edge at a bigger price. Beacon Edge fourteen to one. Ed. Well, once bitten, twice shy, isn't it? So we rewind about 14, 15 months ago. Uh, Compromed at thirty-three to one was my tip for the uh, for this race, and backed into tens. And then, well, we all know the. You uh, weren't doing the rain dance, were the, you? Absolutely not. The um, I just remember sitting drenched on Champion Chase Day. The Amazonian rainfall comes in, and he ran a stormer to be fourth. Uh, given that the ground was. Anti- oh, so you had three places, didn't you? I was on the nose, mate. On the oh, nose, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the nose, 33s, goes off tens. Uh, it hasn't rained for about seven months, uh, and then game over. He ran a crack. Get him in here two pound lower is, is fantastic considering he went to punch us down on nice ground and absolutely set mm. the record straight, didn't he, when he got his surface. Chatted Aidan Coleman about him. He said, look, one of the most ground dependent horses he's he's ever sat on. Mm. Clearly off one three eight, even on last year's running, he is handicapped to go incredibly well. But uh, I say as as the law of sods, I am now getting incredibly nervous about the uh, the, the weather. Uh, anything worse than good to soft, and I think there's, there's an argument just throw a slip and put it in the bin. So I've got vested interest. I'm on Campron at 33 to 1 again for this year's race. So I'm um, going there with an umbrella and hoping I get sunburnt, essentially, is the angle I'm coming through. So, yeah, he's now in the what? He's 7 to 1 market leader. He's, he's been well found. His, his claims are obvious. Uh, I think he's incredibly well handicapped, but he is incredibly ground dependent. So, um, other than that, uh, I think outside of it, it's uh, I've got um, a mask, shall we say. So, Campron, and I hope the ground's good. Andy? Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got an impartial view on this race because I haven't. Um, backed um, anything in it. I'd take three to one. Well, I mean, it, it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it, to tip a horse that you've backed anti-post. And, mm. and um, obviously, you, you have to flag it up, don't you? Um, even though he's six to one. But you couldn't advise anyone to back it at six to one. No, you, you'd no. be in the fucking farm, wouldn't yeah. you? God. I want six to one for good ground at this rate. Yeah, you, you, yeah. A, you, want, good, you yeah. want good ground. If it's soft, you know, he's a million. And it's not as if he's formed this season. As no. He's shown anything. I mean, he mm. absolutely... He jumped... Terrible at Musselburgh. Um, he was awful the time before. <laughs> I, I, I must admit, once I don't see it, I kind of, I kind of get it. But he it's, been, it's been about one day with him. Oh it? yeah, I, I, I come back in at six to one. Um, just ridiculous. Um, I think Run for Oscar is a very interesting runner. I, I know Charles Burns has tipped up quite a few of his horses this week, and Shoot First is a big player in the, in the per attempt by all accounts. But I do, I do like Run for Oscar. He absolutely made mincemeat of a good competitive field at Newmarket and uh, Cesarovic. He was ridden very confidently that day, was last with four furlongs to run and within two furlongs he was in front on the bridle. He's got a really good cruising speed. He's obviously been campaigning for this. He's got no other entries. They didn't try to qualify him for the per attempt. They didn't even look about running him in the stayers hurdle when he could have gone down that route. He carried top weight in a viciously competitive three-mile handicap at Haydock early in the season. Ran really well on soft ground. Um, finished third in a good field. And then he ran in a conditions race last time on heavy ground, which he absolutely hated. And he hasn't run since. I think they're more than happy with his mark, 147. Hopefully he won't need snookers for this uh, race. Badumch. Um <laughs> I'm waiting for the uh, <laughs> waiting where we go. Yeah, you needed a satellite delay for, to get that. No, I'm still listening. Um, and, you know, he's, he comes here relatively fresh. Um, I, I, I like his chances. He could also, similar to Comprend, not quite as grand dependent as Comprend, but he, he, he would prefer nothing worse than good to soft. 
soft would be okay, but if it went really ridiculous, then I think um, it might sort of scrub it a bit. I haven't backed him yet because I think a lot of firms, particularly in this race, when there's 30 run a maximum field or whatever it is, they'll be going five, six, seven places on the day. They'll be, you know, um, you know, fighting for your business. So uh, if he's somewhere close to the seven to one on the day with those offers, then I'll be more than happy to get involved. So yeah, seven to one with Unibet as it stands now. Um, before we move on, where do we expect Langadan to, to pitch up after you know <laughs> being brought down off that massive gamble last year in the Martin Pipe last year? Still holds the Martin entry. Pipe. Yeah, well, they started the rumor that they were going to go Coral Cup last <clears throat> week. That rumor started, but he is a Martin Pipe fanboy, isn't he? Yeah, um, I'd be shocked. In the race last year, was beaten by Galloping Deschamps the year before. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I can't see why he wouldn't. They wouldn't go back. Oh uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'm not sure who started those rumours. Long odds on he runs in the uh, well, Martin think, Pipe. I would have thought. Yeah. I think in looking at, yeah, I mean, there's there's kind of money queuing on the exchange at about fourteen to one still uh, for the Coral Cup. So it doesn't seem like it's a foregone conclusion. But um, you know, I think ten to one for the Coral Cup and ten to one for the Martin Pipe. You probably think wherever Langadan does go, probably won't be going off ten to one. Four pounds higher than uh, the mark last year when obviously he went and. After being brought down on the Martin Pipe, won at Aintree um, in impressive style. So maybe one to keep an eye on. Um, champion chase time now. And Edward Stone and Anergamine are seven or four joint favourites here <coughs> with uh, editor De Gite at nine to two. Gentleman De Me is seven to one. Blue Lord, nine to one. 20 to one bar those. And Danny, you're, you said earlier you're in a, in a relationship with an Irish girl. In the first episode, you put up a... Uh, the, the, the British horse in a, mm. in a match at the top with the Irish Raider. You're doing the same again here. Episode of seven or four, you're nap. What does I'll, that say about I'll, you? I've That's got to stick loyalty to Britain, haven't <laughs> I? You know, forget the Anglo-Irish relations <laughs> about uh, England. Listen, Anergamin's got every chance, and I suppose the more rain that falls, it's going to help his chances as he looks to you know back up his win last year. However, he was beaten when he made that mistake in the Clarence House. I, I, I wasn't that impressed with it anyway. Um, gentleman to me advertised his claims for the contest in the Dublin chase. Blue Lord's going to go for the Ryanair by the looks of things. And editor De G won nicely when we were in the Clarence House. He got a good ride. I don't think Tom. Ca I think Tom Cannon would probably like that ride again. I think he got caught a bit mm -hmm. too far back on that occasion. And I think Edward Stone used up a lot of petrol to get into contention. I think he was just found out in the closing stages. His stamina just ebbed away. Connections think will come on a ton for it. He didn't have a brilliant preparation, obviously, after his fall at Kempton over Christmas. He missed a bit of work as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I just think this, you know, he, he's, he loves Cheltenham, three from five at the track. Nine horses have completed the Arkle Champion Chase double since 2002. And at the prices, I thought there was enough concerns about Anergamine to, to be with Edward Stone. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with Anergamine because when he burst onto the scene, he was a bit of a head case, wasn't he? he He'd go out in free front going, and yeah, yeah. free going yeah. sort. So I'll see, interested to see how they ride him given there's editor de G and gentleman to me who will put pace to the race. But uh, I like Edward Stone. The gossip started for Nube Negra, as it always does when there's good <laughs> oh, in there. He wants ground in, quicker in, than come from. In he? the going <laughs> description, but uh, yeah, I can't see that. So uh, no, I was happy with Edward Stone. I think he's, he's solid, dependable, and uh, hopefully he can do the business for Alan King, who's already had success in the race before. Seven or four, Edward Stone. Uh, Andy, where do you sit in the champion chase market this year? Yeah, I, I haven't had a bet in the race. Um, see how, the, how it shapes up on the day with guards ground. If I could find a sneaky little each way one, I might have a little bit of a crack away from the front end. But if forced to nominate one now, then I'd go Edward Stone. Um, my view was similar to Danny's, um, doing the sort of time comparisons and the sectionals that day um, in the um, Clarence House. Is it Clarence House, wasn't it? Yeah. Rearranged it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Tom Cannon was just riding the race to beat an Ergamin. Um, and Anergamin was 
trying to keep Edward Udegay in his view, viewfinder and both of them probably underestimated Gary Moore's mm. horse. But it was a day where the three chase winners all made all. That meeting always seems to have horses that make all the running on that chase track. Like Stage Star made all. Hoisin Yor was either led or was in the first two throughout. Edward Udegay made all. Um, it's just all about getting into rhythm and getting breathers in and that's exactly what Edward Udegay managed to do. Uh, and Edward Stone was about 10 behind at the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the surge that he made from the home turn to the last, which looked as though it was going to carry him into uh, a, a lead irresistibly, petered out. But the effort that he put in the hottest part of the race, obviously pay, he paid for that. And that's the only reason Edward Udegay got back up. But um, he beat an Ergamin fair and square. Um, and the fact that he put an Ergamin under pressure at the last, I think that forced an Ergamin to make, make his mistake as well. Yeah. And he tends to have a little bit of a default position of jumping to his right as well. And because Edward Stone was on his right-hand side and he wanted to go right, he completely just mm. guessed at the last. Um, if the ground was similar to last year, I think you could definitely make a case out for an Ergamin. But if it's good to soft or ground that was it was like at the trials day, I think Edward Stone will confirm form with an Ergamin and I think he'll turn the form around with Edward Degay. Gentleman of being very much a spring ground horse. Mm. He's been at, at Edward Stone, so he, he's yeah, not—he's yeah, not yeah. a million. Yeah. You could argue that Edward Stone was over the top by the time they raced at Aintree, and Gentleman had had a fresher campaign. But you know, he's—he turned around the form with Blue Lord to the tune of 48 lengths at the DRF. I mean, that was an—that was an incredible turnaround. Um, but that was all down to good ground and mm. the spring, and that's what his profile suggests that he's a spring horse. So you know, he's a player at nine to one from an each way perspective. But I do think Edward Stone is the. Uh, the uh, the key to this race. Another positive way for Edward Stone. Um, where do you see the I mean, Editor de Gilles currently? Sorry, gentleman to me, I should say, is currently seven to one, uh, not nine to one, uh, with Unibet. Um, Ed, where, where do you stand? <coughs> Follow us in, Ed. Come on. Yeah, I'm completing the hat trick. Oh, Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just more thinking about it. are you like having a ruckus with the Presbury Park scarf in your? Uh, in your oh, maybe. Is like it just because just, just it's your, your your namesake? Is that why? Just no, 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 not at all. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no I'm, I, I, I think Edward Stone. Um, all the reasons mentioned, and also I think he couldn't sustain that bit of turbo needed. He was a gallop short. Remember, he tipped up at Kempton, so it was almost a run short. Uh, if you see what I'm saying, coming into that contest, uh, I think he was strip fitter. I think he's the you know the horse to beat essentially. A gentleman to me, bit of the joker in the pack. If he could, what I would worry is they're going to be a bit of a pace burn up here. If him and Edward go hammer and tongs, mm. could they uh, cost each other the race? And so I could see the angle for Anube, Negra and Granatine who are going to literally be racing the ambulance yeah. to come pick up pieces and try and mop up the prize money at the running. Uh, if the ground was really quick, I could see that more so. Anube, Negra, bit of cut in the ground probably wouldn't be as much of a problem to Granatine. You know, it was only beaten a couple of lengths in this a couple of years ago. I could see him being anchored in last and trying to pick off rivals up the running. But uh, Edward Stone's to lose, in my view. Edward Stone, seven to four, getting a hat trick of. Uh, I know, I'm just going. It's a day, day of favourites, isn't it? Well, so. for me, anyway. Well, looking next <laughs> up at the, the cross country chase, fast becoming the, um, yeah, the, the Gordon Elliott. Um, benefit. Yeah, benefit race. Uh, Delta Work is the 11 to 10 favourite. I mean, in fairness, <clears throat> you know, obviously Tiger Roll. Um, this was Tiger Roll's race for a long time, but last year this was one of the races 
be one of the greatest races in the festival in the last kind of decade between Delta Work and Tiger Rock. Ever heard a winner get booed into the winners? I know. Yeah. <laughs> phenomenal scenes, yeah. yeah, but that was, you know, we talk a lot about horses that cannot go on soft ground. Anyone would tell you there's yeah. no chance Tiger Rock could put in that kind of performance and obviously came so close, only to be touched off by stablemate Delta Work, who is the 11 to 10 favourite here with Unibet. That's the best price out there. But Galvin sent off. What, second favourite for the Gold Cup last year? Yep. Now pitching up here. Fourth, isn't he? Yep. Two to one um, for the cross country. Franco de Port, six to one. Back on the lash, uh, 14 to one. 20 to one, Snow Leopardess. Uh, Gin on Lime, 20 to one as well. And a few others in there too. Um, who's got a strong view on the cross country? I know sometimes some people want to... No view, no view. One of the top two win, but I don't do Yeah, I mean, so, so, I'm out. sometimes this race is actually um, quite a good betting heat. Mm. Um, particularly, if, you know, you, you're look, looking for some horses to put in your each own multiples. You think, well, that can't be out the frame. It always runs well at the track. It's got a great record in the race, blah, blah, blah. Um, funny shape to it this year, though. It's got it? a funny shape. <laughs> I was just about to say that. It's got a funny shape to it this year. Whereas Delta Work last year was, was the each way horse, wasn't it? Because Tiger made the most market. Yeah. At, at odds on, he's not... Huge amount of appeal. 11 and 10. Sorry. 11 and 10, sorry, yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose you could argue that's at the small. Go off on song. Yeah, it could go I think he probably will. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, although the inside track has probably got less less chance of, uh, the cross-country track's got less chance of it getting churned up because they, they can't water on it at all. Um, uh, certainly throughout the course of the, the winter mm, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look, I mean, I think Delta Walker will probably win. I think Snow Leopardess at a price, 20 to 1. Again, if you're looking on the day, if you're looking for betting without the favourite market, you might get sort of 12 to 1 for her. Mm. But she ran well behind uh, back on the lash of Delta Work here last time out. That was her first run around the track, um, as far as I could see. And then she ran really well um, behind Quick Wave in, in that Haydock race of the day. That was a brutal test of stamina. There's only like three or four horses that went the gallop. Peter Marsh, wasn't it? Peter Marsh. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. she did have the cheek pieces on for the first time. So they seemed to just focus her attention a bit yeah. better than they did. So she's had a run around the track, so she's become more acclimatised to what she's going to be um, um, you know, anticipating again for the second time. Um, and I think that'll stand her in good set. At 20 to 1, or a bet without the favourite on the day, you might get sort of 12, 14 to 1 mm. without. Um, so shop around. Maybe Snow Leopardess. Snow Leopardess, 20 to 1 as it stands now. I'll check and see if there's a without market. I, I doubt Probably won't be at the moment, but there will be on the stage. day. Yeah. No, there, there is. Um, <coughs> Danny, anything to add? Uh, Galvin is obviously the one that adds intrigue to the race and he does love Cheltenham but I also think he's quite ground dependent he'd probably prefer it good good to soft uh, I think he schooled over the fences they were happy with him when they took him to the track but I think you sometimes need to look round once I think that's why Snow Leopardess is interesting had that look round now and Jamie Cobb's going to ride it. isn't it I think that's the new yeah I think yeah. so um, but for me Delta Work sets the standard I think he ran very well when third back in January I think he didn't actually jump as well as he sometimes can particularly made a couple of mistakes uh, on the run for home at the kind of the brush hurdle so he'll be much fitter strip fitter for that he was sixth in the Boyne Tiger Roll won that I think before winning this once so Delta work and I think the each way players definitely snow leopardess at 16s 20 to 1 20 to 1 sorry there you go agreeing with Andy um, but nothing from Ed there so Ed we'll kick off with you <coughs> at the grand annual where we've got Dino Blue is the 6 to 1 favourite ahead of Ocon Risk and Andy Dufresne at 8 to 1 St. Wah or St. Roy, who knows, uh, is 9-1 to one alongside Final Orders, 10-1 uh, Unexpected Party with Third Time Lucky, Magic Days 12-1, to Curse of Bleem 12-1, Dad's Lad 12-1. to one. I mean, at this stage, we are still guessing. We are. Um, Especially but, over the, with the top two in the market run. Yeah. I see Oaken Risk, there's talk of running in the county. I think St. Wild could be in the article. This morning, there seems to be a big move on the exchanges at Oaken Risk. 
drifting here and, and shining up for the county. Exactly. So it's not inconceivable. I don't, I don't think, you know, the top three in the market don't line up here. <laughs> Magic and, uh, days go for the mayors, maybe. Yeah, this is going to cut up big time. Andy Dufresne, obviously runner-up in it last year. Um, it's going to have another crack at it and probably be by default kind of girl favourite. Uh, no strong views on it again here, uh, John Hugh George. I mean, the, the horse that's been well found in the anti-post markets is Rouge Vif, mm. who does want some proper summer ground, who was obviously with Harry Whittington, went to Paul Nichols, got bought back by 40,000 from Harry Whittington when the horse went through the sales because he loves him so much. He does need quick ground, but he's absolutely lobbed in off 137. Uh, I mean, he nearly broke the track record. I think Andy might be able to confirm in that he ran off a huge weight in the October meeting three years ago at Cheltenham, and he ran them absolutely ragged on good ground. Um, uh, that was an amazing performance. That was off 150-something. He's off 137 here, but again, he would be... His ground dependent has come from. Um, so, I mean, he would be. What I'm saying, on soft yeah, ground, yeah. Rouge Vif might as well be... 80s, yeah. like uh, to be honest with you. Um, so no strong view on this. I just think that there are so many unknowns here. When we just said the top four in the market might not run, and it kind of tells you all you need to know about this. And I haven't got an obvious plot in. I've got a few for later on, Good. but not in this one. So uh, in the words of Duncan Ballantyne of Dragons Den, Amut, Amut. <laughs> Rouge Vif is 12 to one currently, not 80 to one. Uh, but of course, ground dependent, as you say. I mean. Danny, I always think when you've got a race like this where you can basically draw a line through half the field, that is surely an opportunity because you know there are going to be two or three in here. The end prices come back out 48 hours before the race are going to be a lot shorter than they are now. Can you find them for me? Possibly. Um, Andy Dufresne is interesting. He's back on it here off 155. This is a weird stat. But in the past 16 years, nine of the previous year's favourites have returned and three of them have ended up winning. Um, it's just his third start in a handicap, but he... He has proved underwhelming this year. He's a bit of the Camprond earlier in the card. Oh, it's it's, kind it's of all about one, one day, day. Though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so uh, he's interesting. But for me, St. Saint, Segal, Saint I'm, I'm with Jane Williams here. A bit of a rogue one for me. But um, he was far too keen in the Boodles last year. But I think fences have made a bit of a man of him. He, he should have won last time out if he was ridden more aggressively. Still improving. He's up £3. And I thought off 139 may be interesting. And Rouge Viv, I think Kevin Blake's put it up on a preview. So that's why the price has collapsed. But yeah, I think the career high was 163, 164. And is now off 137. Um, but as as Ed has said, is ground dependent. So I've got my British tattoo on again here, George, and I'm st sticking with the Brits. I was just say, sorry, but in here, yeah, I, I must mention the Ben Paulding runner. I'll be, I've never let it down. <laughs> Last year's winner, Global Citizen, does run again. Yeah. Uh, and he's only £3 higher. So he's um, not, not a million that he could run a big race. I just wonder if Father Time has got ahead of him. But we were talking about previous winners. Yeah. Last year's winner is lining up uh, according to Ben. Global Citizen 20 to 1 currently, and yeah, Saint Segal 14 to 1. Saint Segal with just the one entry, which I think in when you're having a bet a week before the Grand Annual is, is kind of what you're after, isn't it? Because at least you know where they're going to. Yeah, because uh, third time Lucky's going to entry as well, so Skelton's yeah. going to run an unexpected well, that, party. That, so off. It, that it, might go off favourite. Yeah, I think Andy so. Dufresne, they're the kind mm. of two that will. It will collapse when yeah. it this race. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Andy? Yeah, um, Harry Whittington's been probably. A little bit too clever for his own good uh, with uh, Ruiz Viff. He's managed to get him down from 149 to 137 in three runs this season. And I thought he showed signs of life last time out at Donny. Actually went really well in the hands of Sean Quinn. And he got off and said that um, gave him a great feel. And um, he, you, you, you'll be fine for the rest of the season for him. How he's, how he's got a lot of work into him. He's been on, on Gastrogard for a long time now, which is stuff that clears up ulcers, uh, which were plaguing him. That's why he wasn't running so good. And he worked at Newbury the other day solo and he flew around. Gammy Sheehan got off him and said he's absolutely spot on. So this has been the plan for a while. Unfortunately, he's become a little bit of the wise guy horse, mm. hasn't he? Everyone wants to be with him. 
I think he's a poor price now at 14. 33 is you can... Especially the rain would do him the bit. Uh, so yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't back him at 14, but, you know, good luck to those that backed him at a price. Um, I've had one bet in the race so far. I might have another, but I've backed Santigel as well. He, <laughs> oh, I'm on it. Thank you. Well, I, I, waited, I waited for the non-runner no bet um, scenario to come into play um, because I wasn't sure whether he'd run because uh, I don't know whether Jane Williams is going to be brave enough because he's only a five-year-old and mm. there's not many five-year-olds that A, run in it or B, win it. Uh, he might lack a bit of an ex a little bit of experience, but he ran really well behind Malay Stick last time out in the race at Rouge Riff was sixty, and they went a good gallop that day. And to my eyes, he stayed on incredibly strong. And straight, I wrote in my notes, Grand Annual, stiff track, and don't forget this is run on the uh, the old course, uh, sorry, the new <coughs> course, which should really play into his strength. That long run from three out down to two out, where he he can gather up a head of steam. Um, that's provided he's in contention and can still there, of course. Um, will really will really help him. And nothing will be finishing stronger than Santa Gal. He's run three incredibly quick time figures for a novice this season. One at Chepstow, one at Hereford, and then in that race beyond Melia Stick against the older horses. So that sort of cut his teeth. Um, like I said, I don't know whether he, this is absolutely 100% certain he's going to run. I've tried to find out. I've got a, somebody who knows the Jane Williams stable. And they are still thinking about it quite seriously. The other one I quite like is an expected party. You've, mm. you've, you've mentioned him in dispatches. Um, Don't particularly fancy him. I could see him going off half the price I, he is, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, 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 I think he probably wants further than what he's going to get here. This is the Holden Gold Cup trip, doesn't he? Probably, Doesn't yeah. quite get home over 2-4 and well, looks a little bit yeah, outpaced over 2. Yeah, this, at least this is 2-1 on the on the uh, new course. This is the old, uh, old course, this would be on. Is it? Yeah, it used to be on the new course. Of course it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big department, it's day two, isn't it, rather yeah, than day yeah. three. I've almost completely missed a day. Oh, you've been on <laughs> after <laughs> 28 yeah. preview nights. Uh, <laughs> preview days, as they are now. Look. Yeah, well, I'll, st I'll still go back to originally my, my, what I've said about him. Um, I, I do think he wants he wants further than two more, yeah. ideally. Um, so that track would definitely not play in two strengths. Um, so, so that's a bit of a concern. I think the best handicapped horse in the race, without a shadow of a doubt, is Dino Blow. How that's got 140, I do not know. Um, Impervious is the best male I've seen so far this season. and She got within three lengths of him, of her at uh, Cork in a graded race and then ran well beyond Magic Days last time out when, again, Magic Days got first run. Um, just can't get out of the back of my mind that she ran so badly when she was 11 or 8 favourite in last year's Mayor's Hurdle. That's the only negative with her. Um, but yeah, I've, I've backed Santa Girl, non runner I bet. So if, she, if it runs, happy days. If not, then um, we'll wait for it when it does run next time. <laughs> Finally, the champion bumper now. Um, a dream to share is the... Uh, no, so it's for me, is the 7-2 to two favourite um, ahead of a dream to share at 4-1. <laughs> uh, fun, fun, fun. 7-1, to 9-1, to one, Chapeau de Soleil. 10-1, to one, better days ahead in Western Diego. 12-1, to one, Bardos. Feels, Andy, I mean, you're... you're Time figures are obviously very helpful when it comes to assessing what bumper horses have done, especially ones that just have a lot of ones next to their name. Um, but the market, uh, it feels like, has got this this race spot on for the last two years, where there have been two quality horses right up at the top end who've then finished first and second, clear of the rest. Bit trickier, bit bit. You know, this looks like a more open heat, which maybe if you could shed light on which one we should be backing, um, that might be a price to boot. Yeah, well, the, the two strongest run races so far this season have both taken place at Leopardstown uh, at the the big meeting. So just by design, those races are going to be more strongly run. They get mm -hmm. the better horses in it. They go a stronger gallop. The race at Fast Arm Mode won 
at Christmas was a really good time. That's the quickest we've got so far. And he got well put in his place next time out by A Dream to Share, who clocked a, a good number when he won that day for, for, for the John Carley camp. He's now in the care of JP McManus, who's quite keen to buy him. So um, he obviously liked what he saw that day. And he beat all the, the right horses in inverted commas, i.e. Fassar Moan, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so he's the one who's done it on the numbers at championship level. So if you fancy a dream to share, who's now favourite, I couldn't put you off. Uh, it's for me was the most visually impressive. Um, I'm not sure whether Patrick Mullins will ride him or ride Fun Fun Fun, who won at the DRF. I thought Fun Fun Fun's race wasn't all that what it was cracked up to be. Didn't think there was a great strength in depth that day. Um, but I did like it for me when he won um, at Navan. I thought he was silky smooth and his time was pretty good without being sensational but it was a, a time figure good enough to suggest that he could easily cut cut, cut his teeth in, in grade one company so i'd go with the market here unfortunately i haven't got anything sneaky at a big price the yeah. horse of willie mullins is at one at punchestown the other week i think he's the best horse going forward the ronnie bartley owned horse i can't remember his name bally something bally, bally burn, burn. Bally burn. Yeah. yeah he's the nicest one i've seen this season <laughs> he doesn't go um so if i was going to have a bet the prices i'd probably say dream to share if I could get an each way price about him with four or five places on the day, I don't think he'd be too far wrong with that because he's already proven it. A good standard. Dream to share, yeah, four to one with Unibet. Currently only three places, but keep an eye out uh, on the day. Uh, Danny? Uh, fun, fun, fun. One to note here is uh, 11 stone. Patrick Mullins bred the horse, but I think he's going to struggle to get down to that. So I don't think he will ride fun, fun, fun. I think it's for me, makes more sense. Um, a dream to share, I think, should be favourite. I think it's got the best form. The race, that race solid enough for me. I, I like the form of the, uh, the win at Leopardstown was giving three pounds, done well for the Gleasons, and obviously now JP's taken over ownership. Uh, I think if it was a Willie Mullins train runner, it might be much shorter. So I, I'm all over Dream to Share. And at a price, it's for me, and, we, and Weston Diego both beat the same horse. I don't know about the times. So Andy might say Weston Diego did a terrible time, but I um, there was six and a half lengths between Sutton's Hill and Weston Diego. Okay, 10 lengths hits for me. But I sometimes think Willie, you know, he could run five, six or seven in this. So maybe one of the others at a price, um, he was the one that made a pill for me. But a dream to share, I'm, I'm pretty strong on John Kiley's charge. We've got, just to give you some context, what Weston Diego did and how slowly run that was. The top rated horse we've got in this is 68. There you go. Uh, dream to share, 62. Weston Diego, 25. There you go. So literally they were crawling and then they quickened. Mm. That's, all that, that's all that that run tells you that... Western Diego quickened off a very, very pedestrian pace. Ed, anything to add on the championship? Um, I've not had a bet, but I'm, I might go against the uh, the wave of Irish optimism in this. Just purely, uh, there's a horse that just, it's just subjective, <laughs> isn't it? In the sense that I was on the rails when Favour and Fortune whizzed past me at Warwick. And I couldn't believe oh, the, that's a good horse. the way in which he, he, I mean, he hit the line. Tom Cannon could barely pull him up. Now there's talk, they'd probably wait for him. It probably, but Alan King, uh, last time I read in some bulletins, refused to rule it out, was the line. Uh, it sounds like they're favouring entry, but uh, look, it, the form's largely untested. It was a nothing race, but he, he won eight lengths pulling a cart. Wouldn't it be your usual type of bumper, uh, kind of a late Trevor Hemmings owned Alan King type, wouldn't be your usual go-to bumper, but I mean, the way he did it, uh, he's a horse with serious gears. He'll be a smashing chaser in time. Um, just, yeah, be intrigued. It'd be a sign of the confidence if they do roll the dice here because Alan King doesn't tend to waste his time with, with the champion bumper, if you're on the same with also ran. So, but Favour and Fortune just looks a, a lovely five-year-old prospect for the future, regardless that he's one to keep in your notebook. 
player from Fortune, 16 to 1 uh, with Unibet at the moment. Obviously, uh, non run no bet as well. So if they do go for entry and don't turn up here, you'll get your money back. Uh, that brings our day two preview to a close. Thank you very much to the guys for sharing their tips with us there. Uh, we're going to record day three and day four shortly. So do make sure you subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find the previews for all four days of the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, thank you to Unibet. Again, for sponsoring the show, um, there is that Unibet new custom offer that you can find in the description below. Deposit £10 and get money back up to £40 if your first racing bet loses, plus a £10 casino bonus. T's and C's do apply. Uh, fingers crossed we've given some winners on day two. We're about to record day three. In the meantime, enjoy the racing and please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly.